Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Mary Nakaya and Melissa Porras met at church in Los Angeles. While Mary had an art background as a college professor, Melissa was just excited to play with clay on Mary's pottery wheel. As the two developed a friendship, they also started dreaming of a ceramic-focused jewelry business. Nomad Artisan Company was launched six months later. Since then, Mary and Melissa have grown their jewelry business by going door-to-door to LA boutiques and growing their social media presence. They've navigated working as a remote team long before the pandemic forced us all to do so. Oh, and did I mention, they're also moms. Melissa and Mary are filled to the brim with encouragement, funny stories, and sage advice. Keep listening. The entrepreneurs who founded Nomad Artisan Company have a lot to share. Mary and Melissa, I'm super excited to have you all on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So first, I'd love to hear about each one of your backgrounds, um, where you're from, kind of what you did before. Uh, and then we'll start talking about how you guys met and then uh, and then the company you guys formed. Uh, Mary, do you want to start? Sure. So I grew up in Southern Utah on a cattle ranch. So I live in Miami now. It's kind of similar, which, <laughs> okay, it's very different. <laughs> um, and um, I went to art school uh, at a local community college about 45 minutes away. I taught for several years in high school education. In summers, I teach college, I teach art. And then um, I had a dream of owning a ranch on Highway 89, and I was saving money for that. But I realized that I want to, wanted to continue my art education. So I, I jumped in my truck. I went down to Los Angeles. I entered into, I got accepted into Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, California. And then that's where I got to LA, and that's where I met my husband. And so that was, we've been married eight years now. So and now we have two kids, and we have one on the way, due in a week and a half. Congratulations. So, thank you. Thank you. So that's, that's a little awesome. bit about my background. And and uh, up, up until there, uh, had you done anything entrepreneurial? Had you started anything, uh, side hustles or anything um, else like that? Okay. So I grew up in a, my family has a cattle ranch and they also have a greenhouse business. And so I kind of grew up in this business oriented thing. And when I was teaching high school, I'm like, oh, you know, I have these really cool ideas, you know, on the side, I want to do something. So I actually pulled it out. You're going to laugh. Okay. So I'm like, when I was a little girl, I loved these little doll diaper bags. (laughs) So I decided I was going to make, I was going to sell these in the summer when I wasn't teaching. So I made a ton of these and I would go to craft shows and I'd sell these little doll diaper bags. They're for little girls to put like their diapers in and their bottles, you know? Um, So I had that. And then there was a company that I also, I liked their makeup and I won't say their name. They drive pink cars though, back in the day. (laughs) And uh, I wanted to do it so I could get like half off on their makeup, but also maybe make some money on the side. But I never did much with that. So I pretty much just bought my own makeup. So that was my entrepreneurial um, 
events was my doll diaper bags in the summers. Uh, but I only did that one summer because they were a flop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm sure you learned a lot from that. So uh, that's fascinating. I'm sure we'll, oh, we'll get back to that. Melissa, uh, oh, what about you? Yeah, totally. Your background? No, yeah. So I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Um, and I really um, grew up with uh, parents who are entrepreneurs. My dad now and mom now own a candy factory, but I grew up with it at like ground zero. We started in like swamp meat in Santa Fe Springs. They went to, to farmer's markets. Farmer's markets turned into a retail store. And um, when they wanted to expand, they moved here to Salt Lake um, to kind of more manufacture the product. So I always was around that energy and that. And it wasn't just, you know, it didn't start, you know, with this big thing, it, I just saw how gradually, how hard it was, how difficult it was. And it's funny because I always said I would never own my own business because I saw how hard it was um, with my parents. Uh, but I think just naturally, I've always kind of wanted to do something. Uh, I remember when I was young, I would buy chocolate bars at the 99 cent store. They would sell three for a dollar. And I was uh -huh. always hungry, like during school. And I remember thinking, you know what? I bet you if I buy these chocolate bars and it was like candies, chips, you know, whatever. Um, I was like, if I buy these and I bring them to school, people will buy them. And they did. And so, you know, I did get caught a few times. Uh, the teacher caught me and she's like, you know, you're not allowed to. It has to be a fundraiser. I did um, a few I didn't know. white lies here and there. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was actually my favorite <laughs> thing to do because and my favorite thing to do because, first of all, I always had food on me, but also I was making some money on the side, you know, with, with it. That's but, awesome. So, yeah, so I have to tell you, uh, this is a very funny story because I did the same thing. Uh, I would <laughs> I do it. the arbitrage. I would go to the convenience store, buy candy bars and sell them at lunch. Um, and that was to pay for my comic book addiction uh, and to buy comic books, a lot of which I still have to this day, by the way. Um, but this story of candy bar arbitrage in school <laughs> is a very prevalent story. If you talk to probably like 100 entrepreneurs, um, there is a high percentage of them that will tell you that Yes, this is where I got my start. I would buy candy bars and sell them to my classmates at school. So it's very funny that you say this because I have heard this story over and over again and I've lived it myself. So um, yeah. that's an awesome start. That's uh, awesome. So um, tell me, um, so so you two were both in LA. Um, how did you guys meet? How did you guys uh, first uh, get to know each other? Yeah, so we actually met through church. Um and I had overheard uh, that Mary had a ceramic wheel uh, in her garage and a kiln. And I got really excited because I did ceramics for a few years in school and I absolutely loved it. Um, I And so I just kind of went over to her and I said, hey, can I come over and, you know, play with clay with you and stuff, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> because I just really loved it. And that's when we really got to know each other. She, uh, I didn't know she taught 
ceramics uh, in, in school and stuff. I did know she was an art teacher, but I didn't know specifically that she had taught ceramics for a while. So, so, okay. So you guys started uh, playing with clay. Uh, and then how long was it after that before you decided like, Hey, let's, let's do this as a business. Let's like start a side hustle and, and see if we can make a go of this. Well, I'd say probably a month into it. I had been the few months prior to that, just kind of having some ideas of like, maybe I would sell ceramic pottery to greenhouse operations, like my parents' greenhouse operations, or, you know, I was thinking, okay, I can make stuff. So I made a bunch of stuff for them. It was a flop. I'm like, well, maybe I could do, you know, jewelry. I tried that on Etsy because some friends wanted it on Etsy and and that was a flop. And I I had been really stressed because I was doing illustrations for a book company and they were stressing me out. And so I was like, I don't want to have, you know, this, you know, this type of stress on me. I'd rather have something else that I'm not so stressed. So the illustration and fine art can be my, you know, my passion, but then I can make money another way. So I was tinkering around with these ideas. And then I met Melissa and it just kind of, it just kind of, it felt right, you know? And, um, you know, I believe in the higher source. I was driving one day and, you know, the high, you know, God was like, you need to ask Melissa to be your business partner. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. That's weird. You know, she probably think I'm, <laughs> I'm nuts, you know, cause we had never talked business. We had never talked about, cause we were just, you know, one person would be on the wheel while the other person was hand building stuff, you know, making earrings or whatnot. And uh, just for ourselves, and we had never talked business at all. And so I'm like, well, this is weird. And so I was kind of worried to ask her. And I asked her, it's kind of like a, like a weird marriage proposal, right? You're going to have someone go in business <laughs> with you. And um, Melissa said, yes. And Melissa, I think you can say from your end that, that you had said before that you would never do a business because your parents, you'd seen what your parents went through, right? Yeah. And, and you know, businesses in general, I think so many times we, we see the final product and we're like, Oh my goodness, look at success, you know? Um, but growing up with it, you just see all the highs and the lows. Um, and the highs can be so high and the lows can just, you know, kick you in your gut. And so it was something that, that really like scared me. But for whatever reason, when Mary asked me, it was almost like, I probably should have thought about it a little bit more than I actually did. But it was just like the instinct of, <laughs> yes, um, you know, and I think it was because I also trusted. I mean, I was working with her and I saw her craft and and everything. And so I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an interesting thing that you say there that um, I think you're exactly right. In, in media, a lot of times there's these stories uh, about companies and they only show the the shiny ending, right? The happy, shiny ending yeah. uh Unless it's it's something that's gone wildly wrong um, and there's lawsuits and things like that. And then they talk about that. But other yeah. than that, they only talk about the shiny endings uh, on companies and they don't talk about all of the heartache and, and trouble and sleepless nights and worrying about making payroll and all of those things that go along the way. Um, and I think it's important for, for us as entrepreneurs to talk about those things because I think people should understand uh, kind of what goes into that. So, so let's talk about those, those early days then when you decided, okay, we're going to do this as like a real gig, uh, side hustle kind of business thing. Um, how, how, how did you get started? Neither one of you had started a company before this, right? This was the first time. In the summers I would teach uh, college art courses where I was a private contractor and I would go to colleges and I'd say, Hey, I want to teach for you. So I had my own business license for that, but that was just something 
that was affiliated with teaching. So never a product-based business. Right. Uh, So this was very, very new for both of us. So, okay. So then in the the first kind of launching, um, how did you figure out what you should make and who you were going to sell it to? Like, how did you get those pieces to fit together? So, well, what I remember, because this was five years ago, Melissa, because this is the start of our fifth year in business. We decided we would take like six months and we would get everything all figured out. Our collections, our photography, our, figure out how to do our own website, how to do licenses in Los Angeles. Um, so we had the six months time frame. We were like, okay, we're going to launch in, in January coming in 2018. So we did a branding kit and Melissa had that idea. So we went to Pinterest and we grabbed 12 pictures of what we wanted our company to feel and look like. And then we printed those out just on regular paper and we took them with us on photo shoots so that that way we could start building up images for our website and also the feel of our company. And Melissa, do you want to go from there? Yeah, well, and I would say that we also just, we weren't afraid to ask um, for help from friends and uh, that are entrepreneurs. Uh, we got a lot of help from some friends of ours that, own their own business. And we also just weren't afraid to YouTube a lot of things and figure out things ourselves. So like our photography, our models are our friends or family. Um, You know, we just, we kind of never saw this as just a hobby or a craft or something that we were going to do. We knew that we wanted this business and we wanted, we wanted to, to, to from the get-go kind of have a foundation of what we want people to see, like what our business w- would feel like or what it would look like. We, we, we made it a very, we made it a priority to have a clear vision of, of what, what it is that we wanted. And then we just kind of went for it full force kind of to, I mean, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't, but but we did it the best that we could. So, okay. So you guys took six months to kind of get everything in place and kind of launch. Now looking back at it five years later, do you feel like that was the right move? Do you think you should have done it differently? Like in in retrospect, how do you feel now? Yeah, I think it worked really well. I, I just wish we were, I wish I personally, was a little bit more fearless in, in what I like in what we did. Um, I think Mary is very good at, at that. Uh, she's just like, let's go, we can do it. Yes. And sometimes I'm very hesitant. I'm like, well, no, we got to have a through Z first lined up and then we can move forward. And she would be like, well, yeah, but you know what? Like we've got this, like, let's do it. I think, I think that's what helped me which is good about a partnership, you know, sometimes is like, um, like she would help me kind of get the courage and we would just go to boutiques and be like, what is it that you look for? Before we even had products to show them, we went to boutiques and said like, what is it that you kind of like look for? What are the price points you look for? How does wholesale work? And this is, you know, normally maybe that's, you would think like, oh, that's embarrassing or why would I go to a store and ask all these questions? I should have the answers if I want to be giving them a service. But I thought it was brilliant because um, it just really helped us. 
I don't know. Like we weren't afraid to ask. Or I should say Mary wasn't afraid to ask. And I yeah. was right behind her, you yeah. know, asking well, with her. Well, mind you, I was still nervous. I was I remember we were in LA going to one of the first boutiques we were in and I was stuttering because like I was asking them <laughs> yeah. questions and I had a little yeah, treehouse in LA. And I was stuttering. And it's funny because Melissa was also going out to ask and we realized that we hit the same boutique. So we're like, they probably think we're weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so so that was, that was one early mistake is that, uh, you didn't divide and conquer. You just kept conquering the same places uh, over and over again. Uh, but I mean, Hey, at at least that way, uh, if they gave you different answers, you knew, uh, there was something up. If they gave you the same answers, then you knew those were the answers. So, so maybe that was a smart move on on your part. Um, what what other kind of uh, like looking back at it now, like w- were there mistakes that you feel like you made that you know now looking back at it, you you feel you would do it differently now knowing everything that you know, Mary? Um, well, I think we would have launched sooner than the six months because okay. we didn't realize that I would be moving very quickly to Miami, and <laughs> um, you know we only had what four months together, Melissa, like when we launched the company. Mm-hmm of like her and I being back and forth with each other. And I feel like if we would have known, we would have done it a couple months sooner. Yeah. So yeah. you you two have been basically a remote company then for for almost the entire time of like well before the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Um, we, you've been we on did both it coasts. That's fascinating. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's interesting is, is that um, compared to a lot of companies that are doing remote work, uh, they're all kind of digital uh, knowledge work, y'all have an actual physical product. So that makes remote work uh, different and harder in some ways. Like how have you dealt with that aspect of it? Well, so in the beginning, I was the only one with the kiln. And when I moved, I had brought the kiln with me. So what I would do is I would make everything in the kiln and ship it to Melissa. And then Melissa was gluing and then adhering and making all the findings for the pieces and then shipping. And so like, because when we invested in our company, we said we didn't want to, you know, we wanted to make it so that we were, were adding to the family income that we could one day move out of our tiny apartments in LA, help our husbands to be able to make mortgage payments. We invested <laughs> $254 each in our company. Okay. Wait a minute. That's, that's I, I got to stop you there and ask, ask okay. you a question. That's such a random amount. $254, <laughs> $508 total. Why $508? <laughs> Well, I think it's because we used to go downtown LA and we'd buying we'd buy our you know sterling silver findings, and so we're like, okay, keep track of your receipts, keep track of your receipts, and then we totaled them all up along with the clay that we had bought. We're like, okay, this is it, this is all we're putting in, and that's that was it, right, Melissa? Am I right on? I, that? Did, I don't even remember why. It and it was five hundred eight dollars worth. Yeah, and it's funny, real quick. Okay. We'll, I think we also deducted, we, we took out like when Melissa was coming to hang out on weekends for the ceramics, you know, before we started a business, she had to pay like, like $10 a time or something or $8 a time. And don't worry, Melissa, you don't have to pay that, you know, those five times you came. Yeah. I think I made but it. it I think you made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I think this is an important story for listeners too. You know, because a lot of people look at at companies like yours and other companies and see how big they've grown, and and it's hard to understand like how much money does it actually take to start some of these things? Because everybody thinks like it's oh, it's it's probably you know fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. 
no, it's it's five hundred and eight dollars. Um, yeah, which I mean, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a lot of money. It's not like a small amount of money, but it's a lot more accessible than 10 or $50,000. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, I appreciate the the fact that, uh, you, you all shared that and hopefully that helps people, um, kind of realize that they can do it themselves. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. So, okay. So as you start growing here uh, and you've gone to these boutiques and you've talked to them um, and you've, you know, what I, what we call it a lot of times is, is customer discovery. You, you ask them, what do you need? And then you made the thing that they needed. Um, so you were able to hit a, a few boutiques like that, I'm sure. But how did you start kind of growing your list of, of places that um, stock your products? Like, how did you get access to them? How did you, uh, how did they find out about you? Did anybody come to you or did you have to go to everybody? You know, thankfully with social media, we have so many platforms that we can use to kind of uh, grow. Um, and so we in the beginning really relied on Instagram, um, or had an expectation, I should say. Um, and we also did a lot of art fairs in Los Angeles. So there are a lot of people I would say is where they started to find us more. Um, nowadays it seems like it's so easy to grow on Instagram and, and this and that, but it's actually very, very hard. (laughs) And so I think in the beginning, that's one of the mistakes too, is that we just had this expectation that it would just happen. Um, and we didn't realize how difficult it was to like slowly make it happen. Um, but we were really fortunate to, again, put ourselves out there. Uh, I went to a garage sale once that a pretty well-known interior designer was doing. Um, and I just had this feeling that I had to go back and and gift her something. And I called Mary and Mary's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And so I think I either picked her up or she picked me up and we went back to the garage sale and we went up to, to uh, the interior designer and she was really sweet right on the spot, just opened her gift on her story. And that gave us our first little jump. And it also gave us, I think, our first like little confidence, like build of confidence and, and saw the power of, of Instagram and, and that, um, and yeah, I would say like, that's kind of how we, we just like started seeing like what worked, what didn't. Um, and I mean, and it evolves because that's changed very much. Like our, our outlook on that is not exactly how it was maybe back then. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just, li- it, it's, it's, it's been a slow and steady growth. I wouldn't say it's like, yeah. oh, we have it all figured out. Um, but we have found different platforms where, uh, either people have found us or we also do a lot of cold contacting still kind of the old fashioned way, but now just through, um, social media for boutiques and stuff. And, and I do want to say for those that are listening out there that Melissa and I, when we started the business, we thought, okay, we're going to get 10,000 followers in the, in the first six months. And we realized that it's not easy. 
And also we've realized that numbers mean nothing on your social media platforms. Like you can have 2000 followers and still be doing really well uh, financially mm -hmm. because you have other avenues. Like we have retail, we have wholesale. Um, you know, we, we have friends that love our product that they, they go and they, they talk to boutiques for us in different States. So like, that's what one thing is be careful of looking at numbers on social media. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't give true, um, you, we think that you have to have a lot of people in order to make money, but you don't. So like right now we're yeah. at like 5,000 no, followers. Yeah, that, that that's great advice. Um, okay. So, uh, so Instagram is a tool y'all use to um, kind of connect with people and, and kind of create a fan base. What other tools do you use in the business? Maybe tools that other people don't see, but internal tools and things um, that really help you uh, manage the business well. Uh, and, and maybe there's different tools that, that both of you use. So, uh, Mary, I'll start with you. Is there something that you use that helps you manage, uh, and deal with the business day to day? Uh, so we use Squarespace where we can build our own website so that we're not going through anyone to build our website. And it's nice that there's these type of platforms that you can build your own website on and you can have total control over it. We also have ShipStation that we use. We also have Hiscock business to cover our or but if something happens, which we think is important. <laughs> and um, we started doing his at the very beginning when we started doing some of the craft fairs because they asked us, um, like spring at the silos in Magnolia and Celebration in Waco, Texas. They asked us to have that type of liability and we're like, well, we should we should do it, right? Um, so those tools, have, and that was a plug for his thank you. But um, those tools are really <laughs> good for us uh, because you know, like day to day, we need to make sure that when, if liability happens, right, we don't want the liability to come back on us and our houses be taken or different things. And so we need to have a coverage, you know, like, like I said, Melissa and I, from the very beginning, we always thought of this as a business and um, we make sure that we keep our, our numbers low for our expenses, you know, a month because we're still a lean machine, right? We're still plugging away. We're still, it's our hustle. You know, we're moms, moms foremost is what we do. And so then like on the side, we're doing, we're doing this business and it's actually like a full-time job mom and a full-time job business. And we have to yeah. learn how to like try to, you know, shift back and forth. We also use fair. Yeah. We're starting on fair.com and that's a wholesale platform. Uh, we oh. also have a wholesale page on our website that people can log in and buy wholesale from us. So we try, we're trying to diversify finding different people in different ways but those are some of the the ways that we're working we're working right now that helps us day to day. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Melissa? Is there any uh, tool that Mary didn't mention that you're like, oh, we should mention this and people will like using it? No, honestly, I think I think she did really well at just you know all the things. Uh, but overall, I think yeah. as a it being just us two right now, and you know every once in a while just having some help, I think just consistency and and the time that goes into it, you know. Um, those are numbers that you don't typically get to see on paper. Um, and it's just one of those things where I think knowing, knowing that, you know, what you put in kind of is typically what you get out, maybe not in the beginning, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, you could be putting in all this time and, you know, you seeing the numbers at the end of the day and it can be very discouraging, but if you're consistent with, with what, what you're putting eventually it's going to, it's going to pay off, you know? And I will say a little, can I say one more thing real quick is like for those people that are starting out a business, like 
a, a website is $30 a month. Okay. And that's, which is awesome. It has all the financials built into it. You can like Squarespace is 30 bucks a month. Uh, Square, ShipStation is nine bucks a month, right? It's feasible. Like, and they do take a cut Squarespace from your sales, but it's very, you know, minimal, but like, you don't need a lot to get started, um, you know, per month for what you're paying for your back end. Cause like, we don't have a brick and mortar shop. Like if we had a brick and mortar shop, you'd have to have that rent. So we're a lean machine, you know, we're like 120 a month is our, is that we, what we have to like factor in. And after that, like, what a blessing that that's all we have right now. Well, I mean, we have our expenses of our kiln and of our electricity of where we're living, but comparatively, right? Anyone can start a business that like, oh, okay, if I sell $40 worth of product, I can cover my ship station and my Squarespace. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you could start this business with $508 is what I'd say. <laughs> Amen. That's just me. That's, that's just me guessing. Uh, okay. So uh, last question for y'all. Um, if somebody is is teetering on the edge of wanting to do something, like starting a side hustle, but but isn't you know, they have that fear or whatever, like what advice would you, would you two give to them uh, about just going ahead and doing it? Uh, Melissa, we'll start with you. Well, for one, I think sometimes we think, well, this is already being done or whatever, but I think there's, even with jewelry, like, I mean, if we were to say, oh, you know, well, there's already earrings out there. Well, we would have never done it. Like there's room for everyone in, um, in, in this space. And, in, and also just, I think it's so important for us to kind of just get our out of our own way. I think we're the ones that are typically the ones that kind of um, get very flustered with ourselves or and don't have always a business partner to help push you or, or help, you know, motivate you. Um, just know that it's, it's totally doable. Um, if, but you will never know if you don't start and there's always a, the, that what if in the back of your mind. So it's, it's better to try and fail, you know, whatever, whatever you think failure might be, but, um, then to not try at all, because if you don't try, well, you're never going to get there either way. You know, I think I heard a, I don't remember what the quote was, but it was like, um, why, why not go for your dream? If, if it's, if, if you don't go for it, it's just going to stay that like, it's not, it's never going to come true. If you just, if it's there, you know, if you don't go for it, like what's the point, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't, they overestimate the downside of trying and failing, um, and under underestimate the upside and, and the upside doesn't even have to be success. Like you say, um, it could just be learning stuff. Um, and it makes you a better individual at the end of it. So that that's great advice. I appreciate that. What about you, Mary? What what advice would you give somebody that's teetering on the edge and thinking about starting something? Yeah, I think why not just go for it, right? Like the road to success, you're going to have bumps and hiccups, right? Just start, you know, like I, I used to tell my high school students that you look at, you know, who was the greatest, you know, like baseball player of all time. It was Babe Ruth. But who was the greatest strikeout king of all time? It was Babe Ruth. You're going to have failures and, and hiccups <laughs> along the way. You know, like Michael Jordan didn't always make his three points, you know, his two point shots. Like, I think just get out there and begin. And that's where success is. And success isn't money. Success is getting in the chair and doing what you love. And, you know, like, like what Melissa said, there's always room in the market for another artisan, a craftsman or a businessman or another business because you have your own voice and it's important for the world to hear that. 
And maybe it doesn't go how you want it to go, but but like you said, you're learning, you're growing, you're on that pathway. And like for for us, for me and Melissa, success is we get to be creatives and be at home and be be moms, you know? Like like for me, I found like when I moved to Miami, I didn't have friends or family here, and it gave me a fo- focus, you know, and maybe that's what your business is, it gives you a focus. And you know, one of the nice things about a focus is when it does make money, you know, it is always a perk, but you have to remember like, you know, be true to you, you know, don't look at other companies, don't look left, don't look right. Be true to who you are as a creative and an individual. Yeah. Um, fabulous advice. Uh, appreciate the time, Melissa and Mary and listeners, uh, Nomad Artisan Company. If you're looking for ceramic earrings uh, and then also other ceramic stuff, right? It's not just earrings. It's 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 a bunch of stuff. Jewelry. Um, yeah. Check them out. Uh, buy their stuff. It's great stuff. Um, I'm going to actually be looking at some of that stuff for for my wife and daughter. So there you go. And if we have inspired you to creative or just to start or to be bold or confident, then we have done our job. That's one of our logos. And like, we hope that we've inspired you today. So go go start a a side hustle and make it a small business today. Thanks a lot, y'all. Yes. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business Podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com. 